Live from Harrison County, West Virginia, we welcome you to the Healthy Harrison Podcast Christmas Edition. We're a show designed to help you change your state. And in the case of our program today, we are going to try to help you have a, a Merry Christmas and a, and a very Happy New Year and enjoy the holidays. I'm Gary Bowden, a Healthy Harrison board member. Our co-host today is John Paul Nardelli, the Executive Director of Healthy Harrison. Welcome, John Paul. Thanks for letting me uh, co-host with you yeah, today. Different. I think they they let me in the door because they said I was the jolliest looking guy. I don't know if it was a beard reference yeah. or an overweight reference, but regardless, I'm, I'm grateful to be here today. Beard is very fitting for our program uh, Thank you. today. We're streaming our show <laughs> live on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page, as well as on the statewide distribution network of our media partner, WVNews.com. Every week at this time, we talk with individuals who are focused on the mission of Healthy Harrison, which is to foster measurable improvement uh, to the health and well-being of the citizens of our local area and all of North Central West Virginia, and even beyond that. Uh, we know now that uh, a Healthy Harrison is, is not necessarily uh, reflected in just good nutrition habits or good exercise habits, but sometimes it takes uh, a mental, spiritual, and physical approach to help us change our state. In our recent Thanksgiving program, we asked uh, Reverend Dr. Ken Ramsey, the senior pastor of Bridgeport United Methodist Church, uh, to join us and ease us through that holiday, which can be most enjoyable, uh, but also a catalyst for great angst at times. And in many ways, Christmas can evoke uh, some of the same emotions. So we invited the Reverend uh, Ramsey to join us again. Ken has been active uh, in, uh, in the area for many, many years. He uh, has been in ministry in North Central West Virginia for a long time. He also works in areas of church consulting, cultural analysis, counseling, and social issue engagement. The Reverend Dr. Ken Ramsey is a member of the Healthy Harrison Board of Directors, and we're delighted to have him back for our Christmas program. Welcome, Ken. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be with you again. Glad to have the opportunity. Yeah, these are these are fun. We're going to take a little softer approach to preparing ourselves for the holidays and at the same time, uh, staying focused on that mission of Healthy Harrison. I, re I referenced our Thanksgiving show, um, and, and in that, uh, we discussed the notion of community, uh, which focuses on the importance of surrounding ourselves with positive people. Uh, I would think we should adopt some of that same advice, advice during the Christmas season. Yeah, I think so, Gary. It's a great time of year to, to think about how important it is to be uh, connected to one another and what we uh, really gain from that kind of connection, the strength that we get, the power that we get. Uh, it's kind of the season of light. If you drive around the neighborhoods, I think connection brings us uh, light to everyone. Uh, it just brings a, a great sense of encouragement and strength. Uh, it, it, it's so vitally important. Again, I remember uh, my younger days, some friends and I, we we went out to a restaurant rather late and we went back to my car in the parking lot. Everything had kind of closed down and and I couldn't get my car started up. And there was an old gentleman who was le leaving at the same time. And he said, young man, let me take a look at it. Pop your hood. I popped my hood up and he took a wrench that he had in his truck and he kind of made some adjustments under there. 
and he said, give it a try. And it started right up. And I said, wow, that, that's amazing. How, how did you do that? I was young, you know, I was like, wow. And he said, well, all that was matter, all that was wrong was your battery terminal was loose. And then he looked at me with this, and I'll never forget this because it stayed with me all of this time. He looked at me and said, young man, remember one thing, loose connections never work. Uh, and and uh, I don't know if he was trying to tell me a life lesson or if he was just uh, giving me basic auto mechanics, but, yeah. but it stayed with me. And I, I think that's a good reminder. Uh, loose connections, you know, they'll, they'll work occasionally, they'll work intermittently, but if you want something that lasts a long time, then uh, light yourself up with a, with a solid connection, connecting to the people around you. And again, this time of year, I think is the perfect time to affirm that what really works for the long-term, solid connections. Yeah. Ken, most of us will spend Christmas in all likelihood with a spouse, children, perhaps grandparents, um, uh, parents and grandparents, um, which seems innocuous enough, but for some, community and connectedness might be defined differently and, frankly, can oftentimes be difficult to navigate, particularly during the holidays. Well, that's, that's absolutely the case, uh, Gary, and, and, I, and I guess there are different ways of, of defining community. Um, if you break the word down, common unity, um, that, that's one way of looking at it, but I've often thought with people when we think about common unity, community, we say, okay, we have everything in common, therefore we're united. But I really think it should be reversed. That is, let's make the choice to be united. Then we can appreciate what we have in common. And, and I know for some people that may be um, a little bit of, a, of sort of a fine, fine toothing it a little bit. But what I mean by that is, is something, a lot of times today, people mistake um, sort of, homogenous ideological clusters for community. You know, I like people that like me. Uh, I'm with people that like me. And they fail to realize the strength of the larger view of being united and having things in common, even with people that are different than you are. And, and I think it's when both the similarities and the differences, when those sort of weave themselves together, that's where you find genuine community. That's where you find true community uh, for the long haul. Uh, artificially organizing communities, I've never been in favor of. Uh, that usually means that I'm going to pick out people that are just like me, that look like me, that think like me. And again, I call that clustering. Uh, community has more of a, like the body. It's more organic. It appreciates every part. You know, every part's important. Uh, all the parts are different, but all of the parts are important. And, and, and so I think true community is more organic than organizational. And, and when, we, when we embrace that and walk into that, I think that's where we find the strength of being in community, family, friends, others around us, but again, those who are different than us. Yeah, I, I see it as a little bit of a problem, and, and I don't want to go down the political road too far, but uh, in, in politics and uh, social media and things like that uh, today, uh, it, it's a great example of what you're talking about, that we've got people that gravitate to only people of like mind. Well, that's true. And, 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 and again, our mission is to help people be healthy. Uh, and even in a nutrition, you know, the, the, the various uh, nutritional models that are out there, 
they'll talk about the variety of foods that you need to have, the differences. You know, if I only ate Hershey bars all the time, which would be great for me because that's my favorite, a chocolate bar, we know that's not going to be healthy. So, right. so if it's just one thing that, you know, that I like, it's all about me, that's, that's really not going to get it. Uh, I've heard people say, you know, we have a really nice community here. And sometimes what they meant was is that they almost live in a bubble. Um, it's not really real because it's disconnected from what's out in the real world. And, and those types of artificial senses of clustering, they become very ingrown. Uh, they become less responsive to the needs of people outside their group. Uh, they have a tendency to feel more threatened uh, by differences and things like that. But on the other hand, uh, the genuine community, which I, I suppose there's political dynamics, but, but it also has to do with, with religious dynamics and emotional health. It has to do with, with the mental health as well. When I'm able to integrate the differences around me, that's when I'm moving into the real world. Uh, whether you're talking about ethnicity, religions, viewpoints, identities, my little rhyme that I use with people all the time is when it comes to differences, if you want to be healthy, embrace, don't erase. Yeah. Uh, when I try to erase all the differences, I'm, ex I'm thinking everybody's going to be like me. That's not even healthy for me. So I want to embrace those rather than erase those. In incredibly practical information going into the holidays. You know, when we're gearing up to be confronted by not not just people we care about and love, but also people we struggle with and have a difficult time with, you know, and, and I want to pull two of your ideas together because the story about the car battery was just fascinating. And I, I mean, that, that uh, certainly makes sense that that would stick with you uh, up until now and into the future. Um, but this idea that, you know, we're sort of starving and desperate for connection, you know, to the point that we, we look outward at other people to, to drive that connection and, and feel that we're a part of a community. Um, but just like your analogy with the Hershey bar as well, it's like sometimes when we're starving, we have a tendency to gravitate towards things that perhaps aren't good for us. And, you know, I, I personally have experienced this in my own past and in history um, I recall my father saying at a young age, hey, you are who you run with, you know, constantly reminding me to avoid toxic relationships and, and uh, communities that will really uh, not make me a healthier person and not, not build uh, good and positive relationships. Could you speak to that a little bit? I mean, I'm certain in your experience as a pastor, you know, you've ex encountered people who are maybe running with the wrong groups or in toxic relationships. What kind of advice do you give to them? And um, what could you tell us going into, again, the holiday season, knowing that we're going to encounter some folks that maybe we don't get along with? Well, there again, um, I think it's, a, it's part of um, our own psychology, our own emotional makeup to want to avoid that. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit, alluded to it way back in the Thanksgiving thing. But uh, it, it's like anything else, if, you, if avoidance is seldom the answer. Sometimes it can be if you know something's going to be intensely confrontational, I suppose, but walking toward um, the difficulty and, and realizing again that all of us are important in this. Uh, you know, we all have moments, right? We have dark sides, we have light sides. 
you can't see it, but on the other side of the screen are, is our Christmas tree. And this year in sorting out those bulbs, nothing more frustrating, right? Than one bulb, when one bulb goes out, the whole string goes out and you spend your time trying to figure it out. And I think that's true in many ways. I, I can accuse someone else and I can be conflicted with someone else. I can uh, think that their bulb's not as bright as mine, but that's not true. It takes all of the lights together, all of the lights working, uh, to keep the community and to keep the connection strong. That's that's absolutely true. And I think that we've seen that more than ever with the pandemic, because not only do we have the relationships that are uh, perhaps toxic or rough that we need to work on, but we also have, you know, been forced to socially distance to protect each other. So could you speak to that a little bit? Uh, you know, how do we Knowing that we, we continue to get these variants and they push us back into our uh, silos and um, prevent us from really being together physically, what kind of advice do you give to those individuals who are, you know, maybe experiencing some anxiety and, and seek that connectivity, but perhaps can't because of these delays with the uh, well, virus? Yeah, I mean, there's no question that the pandemic has has, uh, has sort of changed what connection looks like. Uh, it's changed what it looks like. It's changed how we go about it. It changed what form it takes. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that connection disappears. Uh, there's always been moments in history when the human family has had to adapt to changing environments and changing situations. We're not different. Uh, sometimes people come to me and they'll say, oh, these times that we're living, there's been nothing like this in all of human history. Well, Yes, there has. Not exactly maybe it like this, but if you, in a general sense, the human family has adapted to changing conditions, some of which threatened our own existence. They've adapted to that, and we've managed to continue forward, and we've managed to thrive. And so don't, don't despair is the first thing, because the nature of connection has changed doesn't mean connection has to disappear. So there, now there becomes different forms. Is it an online form? Sometimes that can be. Most importantly, I think it's deepened our appreciation. Uh, it's deepened our appreciation for the need for human connection. It's deepened our appreciation so that we can savor the moments that we do have. Again, those may change. Uh, in any given season, they may be less frequent than they were. Uh, the nomenclature of them as a whole might change, but I wanna hold on to the fact it hasn't disappeared there's still plenty of opportunity uh, for me to do what we're doing right here or to, to pick up the phone, or as I mentioned back in another episode, to write a note. There's still plenty of ways that we can adapt to the situation so that, so that we're actually going to emerge stronger, in my opinion. Great point, Ken. Great point. We're talking with uh, Reverend Dr. Ken Ramsey, the pastor of Bridgeport United Methodist Church, the Healthy Harrison Weekly Podcast. Uh, and today's Christmas edition uh, are brought to you by WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. We thank all of them. We couldn't do this program weekly without their help. Uh, not everybody, uh, Ken, has uh, an easy time being connected and part of a community. There are people out there uh, who experience it, general, uh, a genuine loneliness, uh, and even more so during the holidays. What can a person do to be perhaps a little more 
proactive to build or enlist that support of a caring, loving community if it's not there naturally naturally for them? Well, the word I think one word you mentioned there, Gary, uh, is very important, and that is loneliness. There's no question that for many people, there's a heightened sense of loneliness during holiday seasons. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is they observe that others uh, are getting together or they have family or they have an enormous amount of friends uh, who are coming over and that sort of thing. And then secondly, the general environment of things seems to be more upbeat. And if I, if I cannot share actively in that, then that's gonna take me down perhaps even a notch lower uh, than I already was. Uh, but when it comes to, to that loneliness and addressing it head on, I, I guess in the short time that we would have here, if there happens to be anyone who's watching, uh, I, I would say to them, first of all, is learn, learn how to like hanging out with yourself. I know that's going to sound counterintuitive, but I, I, inside, I have to, have a, I have to help uh, myself build some self-affirmation. I have to understand and affirm myself if I'm going to have a solid basis to engage others. Uh, others aren't going to fix me. Uh, I can't be codependent or dependent upon them to overcome my loneliness. I need to find a way within, which there are many spiritual and emotional resources out there, to like hanging out with myself. Uh, a lot of people aren't comfortable hanging out with themselves. And, and I think that's an important thing. And uh, another one I say to people all the time, give your loneliness away. The, 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 the next step is to give your loneliness away. Look for ways that you can serve. Look for ways that you can reach out because not only will you be connecting with people as you're doing that, uh, but, but by giving your loneliness away, um, uh, you, you're building yourself up while helping to build another person up. And so that's a little thing I'll use oftentimes, give, give your loneliness away. And then, and then of course, explore ways, be active in exploring ways related to your interests. Um, you know, is it a church group? Is it a book club? Is it a, is it a crafting group? Is it a local church? Is it a civic organization? They're out there. If you're older, uh, there are online groups. Maybe you need to have a, a grandchild or family member help you with that, but there are more uh, healthier and positive even though we talk about uh, the negativity sometimes of that, there are some positive online groups for, for older folks as well who may be feeling um, uh, lonely. And, and, and the other thing to remember is there are two connections that you have that I hope everyone remembers during this season. And, and no matter how lonely we may be, and that's usually going to ebb and flow for people, there are two connections that never disappear. And that is the connection to the one who, who created you and the connection to the ones that he created. Whether I know you personally or not, I have an existential, I have a connection to you. Nothing's going to change it. I'm connected to the human family and I'm connected to the one who created the human family. Nothing's going to take that away. Nothing's going to change that. Even in the ebb and flow of the emotion of loneliness that uh, sort of solid foundation doesn't change. A funny line about um, West Virginians in the pandemic that I heard very early in the pandemic is that West Virginians won't have any difficulty with social distancing because we've been doing it since the state <laughs> was formed in 18, what is it, 63? Is that the right year? Right, 1863. Okay. Uh, 
uh, what I'm and what I'm saying is, you know, West Virginia. Most of West Virginians live in a relatively rural area, uh, and a majority of the population is elderly. You started to address that a little bit, but uh, those factors kind of combat this notion of actively becoming engaged and connected. How, how do you how do you fight that fight? Well, you know, there there's no question we're. We're in a rural area and the state as a whole is generally rural, but it, the interesting thing in those various hills and valleys of West Virginia, uh, you, you, you still have folk, you may have to go a little bit further, yeah. uh, but you still have folks who share uh, interest and in some ways share the same struggle. Um, you know, you, you can share positive interests and that binds people together. But the other thing that binds people together is when you have a common struggle, um, common challenges. And I think that's one of the things that uh, for Appalachia in general, and certainly West Virginia lying within that region, uh, that, we can, that we can play as a strength. Because even in my struggle, there are those who share that struggle, and that can become part of the commonality, um, you know, that, that, that sort of helps bound us together. You know, there are a lot of underserved areas in West Virginia, friends and family of my own, you know, in, in what I would call underserved areas. Uh, there, uh, in, in our region, there's always sort of this history of boom and bust, you know, and all of us who've lived here all of our lives have been subject to that, you know, where things are really great for a while. And then, you know, the, the, the corporation pulls out or the industry pulls out, they've gotten what they need and, 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 the, and we're left there. Now what? Well, this is us as the, uh, as the program says, this is us. And so amidst our, amidst both the positive things and the negative things, those can actually be things that, that bind us together. Um, but I think another thing, Gary, with, with regard to West Virginia and our rural areas is we need to help. And, and the Christmas season is a perfect time, I, I think, to mention this, because there are so many things uh, about the Christmas message where they had to think about, you know, the message is not just for that time, the message is for all time. So they had to, to uh, sort of relay that out to the future. And we need that. We need to help one another in our rural communities to have a longer vision of the future, to not simply think about temporary gain, but to think about a longer vision of the future for people that may be here long after us. And that's a, that's a hard thing to think about, but I, I think it's vitally important in, in these areas that are underserved and and you know, sort of people come and people go. They get they get from us what they need, and then they move on. And here we, you know, those kind of things to really be caring for one another. I remember my dad, just a couple of years before he died, he wanted to build a garage, just big two car garage. My my parents never had a garage, and I said to my dad, you know, why are we building a garage? Because he knew and I knew that he wasn't going to be here a whole lot of time. And he said, because I don't want your mom to have to scrape the ice off the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, wow. was, he was providing beyond right. his own existence. Right. And I think, in, in especially in areas where there is struggle and, and difficulty and underserved, we have to be willing to plan and think in a visionary way beyond our own existence so that the folks who come after us hopefully can experience um, um, you know, more enriching times. And what an incredible story, Ken. That was, <laughs> you're, you're 
providing some great content today. I mean, these are just heartwarming and really hopeful stories. And, you know, one of the things that you had discussed is like coming together around issues or, or problems and, and kind of sharing in the struggle as a community. And certainly, you know, um, during the pandemic, we really didn't hear much about the opioid crisis. And yet um, last week I was invited to a community meeting where it became very apparent once again, hey, this is a major struggle and problem that our community is faced with. And, you know, one of the things that I recognize, um, having served with you on the Reduce Recover Relief Committee for Healthy Harrison, is the need for connection, right? And, you know, I know that in working with WVU, Dr. Marsh had uh, mentioned that the opposite of addiction is connection. And so as part of Healthy Harrison's effort to get the community healthier, we have worked really diligently to inspire hope through messaging and commercials. So what I, what I was curious from you is, you know, given the fact that this continues to be a, a major problem that we're faced with in our community, how can we continue to have hope um, in, in this particularly challenging uh, area of health and well-being, um, especially during this time of year? Well, I like, uh, you know, Clay Marsh mentions that, that as you mentioned, the opposite of addiction is connection. A number of years ago, uh, people who started studying addiction and, and the problem, and certainly it's still very prevalent uh, in our area and, and um, in our region at large, they started to say, you know, this is, more, this is more than a substance disorder, it's a social disorder. I think that's where that statement comes from, right. uh, yeah. that, that, that because of the lack of healthy connections, Lack of healthy connections lead to a general sense of hopelessness, lead to very unhealthy ways of coping. And one of those ways that has emerged greatly has been the opioid crisis and other addictive types of behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the, you know, from, from talking with me many times in talking with people and examining how that comes about in their life and what they can, and what we together, again, as a community can do uh, I use a little acronym called TALL because I was in a seminar one time and someone said, this, taking on this crisis is a tall order. It is a tall order. And I thought, okay, yes, it is. And, and, and there were four things that I've thought about through the years now that I've been talking to people about that help overcome the social disorder part of addiction. And that is trust. They need to find some trusting relationships. A lot of times, there's a sense of suspicion and they've been injured or harmed or been in non-trusting relationships of some sort uh, that that's created these lack of connectivity there. Trust, attachment, who am I attaching myself to? Mm, yeah. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, love, this is the season we talk a lot about that. It's real. Uh, it's, it's a need. People have that and you say, well, you're a minister. Of course, you're going to say that deep down in the core of every human being, religious, non-religious, doesn't matter to me, the need for love and being in a, a loving, caring connection is vital. And I find those to be absent or damaged in, in places where uh, the, the social disorder side of addiction takes place. And then the final L is leadership, teaching people how to lead themselves. Um, Self-leadership is greatly important. 
Knowing who to look to to help lead us is important, but giving persons the tools to lead themselves away from one path toward another path. And another phrase that I've used with people uh, when it comes to overcoming this, it's not just a detour, it's a different path. A detour, you end up on the same highway, right? <laughs> you go you go out here for a That's while right. and then and then you end up yeah. back on it. So I said, back. don't take it, don't take yeah. a detour. Uh, be like in the Christmas story, go back another way. They were instructed to return by another way. So just choose another way uh, and, and let that let that take on this tall order, if you will. That's a great way to address that. And you're absolutely right. We we really need to address this tall order and we need to um to do it in a way that puts us on a, a different path forward. And I think that the way you describe connections, community, um, and hopefulness, it's, it's definitely apparent that we have the capacity to do those things. Yeah, no question, no question. Um, you know, one of the other challenges that we're faced with is, and Gary had pointed this out earlier, is the challenge of social media. You know, especially with the younger generation, we see, an uptick in time spent on the internet commenting and and again it's so clearly apparent that the energy and effort is there because we seek connection um but could could you talk about that a little bit i mean I'm, again i'm sure that you experience in your ministry um the 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 negativity that comes from this really false sense of community right yeah, and, and, and really, uh, here, here you go, uh, Gary and, and John Paul, you know, we'll do a section sometime on, uh, on, on uh, the, the, the healthy or unhealthy approaches to social media and the influences yeah. of technology in people's lives, because I think that's a huge health issue uh, for people, more than I could cover here. But simply sure. to say that I think that I think what's happening, uh, and there will be people agree or disagree, social media has thrust us into an environment as humans. It's thrust us into an environment uh, for which we're not equipped to deal with. We're not wow. equipped to deal with it psychologically. We're not equipped to deal with it emotionally. There's way too much there, more than we thought. It's the older person who got the TV for the very first time years ago and couldn't take their eyes off the TV set. And, and you just ampli yeah. you amplify yeah. that up. Uh, it, it's become a substitute for genuine community. Uh, it's changed the principles for civil dialogue and engagement. Um, it's, it's subjected us to, to artificial intelligence algorithms, which are way beyond our understanding, but which sort yeah. of feed on my own whims. Uh, and all of those things make for a real, uh, a real mixture that, that's not very healthy sometimes. Now, there are healthy uses for it, certainly. Uh, but yeah. as humans go, we tend to uh, lean ourselves towards unhealthy. And maybe yeah. someday we'll do more of a, a larger program just on that, because there's a lot to unpack. Uh, the, the example, I, the quickest example, I, when you say to a young person today, what does connectivity mean to you? They'll give you a technological answer, not a relational answer. That's so true. That's so the, true. The answer will be technological. It won't be relational. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we're challenged with. You know, we uh, obviously encourage people to like us on Facebook, but outside of that, I don't think we're, we have much of an agenda, right? So we're talking with uh, the Reverend Ken Ramsey today for our Christmas podcast. 
the Healthy Harrison podcast is brought to you weekly through the help of our sponsors, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WestVirginianews.com or WVNews.com, and Interaction uh, Media. And uh, we're talking with Ken Ramsey about uh, sticking to the mission of Healthy Harrison, uh, but, but today uh, talking more about how we do that in an emotional uh, way, in a connected way, uh, trying to make sure we have positive people in our lives, uh, because that can have a, a, a huge impact on how we live each day and, and what our outlook is on people and places we go and, and our life in general uh, on an everyday basis. Uh, how can people take it upon themselves uh, to connect with uh, th this positive community that we're talking about. I, I, I would guess as pastor of a, uh, of a large religious uh, congregation, there's one idea that might jump right to the top, Ken. <laughs> well, certainly the, the church communities um, that, are, that are truly church communities and supportive of folks uh, can be great. You know, we, we have six services with three different campuses and lots of opportunities for people to, to get connected there. I think the larger picture, whether it's a, a religious community, a faith community, uh, or, or, or another community of meaning, the larger picture is to, to get outside of yourself and your own agenda. Get outside of yourself and your own agenda. Uh, and the other thing I would say is explore the deeper side of life. The healthiest thing you can, one of the healthiest things you can do spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically is to find a community where you can explore the deeper side of life. So much today, we mentioned social media, you mentioned politics, um, all of those discussion forums, they're very shallow today. Uh, there's not a lot of depth there. Uh, wading around in the shallow end of the pool is easy. Swimming in the deep end is harder. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it, and it takes some risk. And, and the three things, if folks are watching, three things that I would encourage you to explore that we often don't want to talk about, again, me and alliteration, right, uh, is the three M's, your mortality, mortality. This isn't going to last forever. Yeah. So you need to make the most of it. Your mortality, your meaning, and your mission. Mortality, meaning, and mission are the deeper subjects of life that, that if you go deep enough, just like digging a well in rural West Virginia, if you go deep enough, at first you might find some water that's sulfur and some other things like that. But if you go deep enough, you'll find a spring. Uh, you'll find a spring. And, and I want to encourage them to find that deeper spring uh, by exploring those issues for their own life. That's you, great. Ken, let me go ahead, Gary. No, 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 go ahead. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, I recognize we're close to time. I was just going to ask yeah. one, you know, we're all about tiny habits and, and implementing, um, you know, the, the concepts, these bigger concepts and bite-sized goals. I, I wanted to ask, do you have any sort of micro goals that you would uh, encourage people to do to take on this holiday? In other words, what is maybe a, a, a positive movie or a positive Christmas song that you would recommend um, so that people can jump into the holidays just right? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because one of the things that I do, uh, I'll just share this personally. And, you know, people say, well, that's kind of a crazy idea. That's okay. Works for me, might not work for you. 
um, but but it, it has a larger meaning to me. And a lot of times when I'm, especially during this season of the year, when I'm doing my everyday tasks, I have Christmas music playing in the background. I'm, now, I love Christmas music. I love Christmas carols. I love Christmas music. It's playing in the background all the time. Even if I'm having a, a let's say, a very difficult conversation with someone, often they won't hear it, but off in the background, as I'm going about my daily work, a lot of times the Christmas music's playing in the background. And uh, that's pretty good background music. And I guess what I would say to people is micro habit wise, your background music is important because <laughs> it can, it can affect, it can affect yeah. what you're doing at the moment. And, yeah. and I mean that in a larger sense too, in my mind, yeah. in my heart, what's the background music that's playing here. That's helping me accomplish, move forward, live a whole and completed life, et cetera. Uh, Ken, I, I mentioned to John Paul that uh, perhaps we could just force everyone to watch It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. A, sure. a few weeks it's outside a... of Christmas, because really, that's got it all. It does. Uh, you know, what we've talked about today, it's got it all. That's right. Yes, it, it does. Yeah. It's... Um, it's been a pleasure having you with us, Ken. We hope that uh, the discussion helps folks uh, in, a, in a positive fashion. Uh, uh, enjoy their holidays, enjoy every holidays, but more importantly, to be able to take on each day, uh, knowing that, you know, who we surround ourselves with um, can have a big impact on our outlook on, on life. Uh, so again, uh, thanks. Appreciate the time. And uh, uh, always a, a pleasure having you as part of our program, Ken. I enjoyed being Ken there, is. Gary, and I hope everyone has a very blessed and holy season. We, I was we just going to throw another plug in for you. Just make sure that uh, if you're looking for a place to be connected, check out Reverend Ramsey's church. I, <laughs> I, I always tell people the only threat to me leaving my church is your church because <laughs> I've only heard great things and a uh, very positive guy. So really, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate your kind words, John Paul. Thank you. And we thank everyone for joining us on the Healthy Harrison podcast. It's our goal to change your state of mind and ultimately the state of health here and throughout West Virginia. Uh, if you want more help right now, visit HealthyHarrison.org or visit the Healthy Harrison Facebook page and give us a like. You'll find lots of support and you can stream past episodes of our Healthy Harrison podcasts on the Facebook page. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, uh, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. On behalf of Healthy Harrison, uh, John Paul and I thank you for joining us today. Next week, uh, we'll welcome back Abby Weigel and Krista Arnold to talk about the very successful Healthy Harrison Biggest Loser Contest. Uh, if you've ever thought I don't know how to even get started on a path to better health. Just watch the Healthy Harrison podcast every week. Uh, we'll help you. We'll help you get started. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time.